Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Melanie. We are so excited to welcome you to our new podcast, Talk to Us at Bounce English. Hey Mel, why do you tell us a little bit about this podcast? Each episode, we talk with guests about the impact of COVID-19 and new technology on the future of teaching, education, and learning. And our first season is all about ESL, baby. That's English as a second language for the uninitiated, or third language, or fourth language. So subscribe now to Talk to Us at Bounce English on your favorite podcast software, or listen from our website, www.bounceenglish.rocks. Yay! Let's keep in touch. Let's keep in touch. Keep in touch with me. So, hey, I will I will get into it. Um, I wrote a little introduction. I am uh, introducing John Lang. Uh, John and I met when we were both teachers at Said University in Abu Dhabi. We have both moved on from then, but we've stayed in touch. John is a veteran language teacher whose career has taken him from Australia to Japan, to the Middle East, and back home to us. And I'm probably missing a few destinations, or I might be missing a few destinations in that little uh, intro. When when we worked together, I thought that you always had a reputation for being super fun, that your students always fell in love with you, um, and had a great time in your classes. And I'm sure that hasn't changed. Am I right? Or am I right? Oh, yeah. I, I think, I guess, my modus operandi, you know, my, my basic idea of teaching is that it should be fun, you know, like it's where we're doing a job of, of, of improving language, but it doesn't mean that that language can't be learned in a fun, buzzy environment, you know, and people tend to remember stuff when they're having a bit more of a laugh, don't they, you know, and they, rather than thwacking someone over the head with a stick and saying, learn the present continuous you know it's so much more fun so much more fun to be talking and laughing and having a good time you know so yeah i suppose my reputation as a fun kind of guy in the classroom is correct i i agree with that philosophy my personal philosophy is if i'm not having fun no one's having fun uh similarly uh if i'm bored we're all going to be bored like i cannot we, we need to be doing fun and engaging things. If we're not, forget it. Forget it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Although there's also, there's always room, of course, for um, for um, quiet times of, you know, con- contemplative writing work, for example, that, yeah. you know, we need to sort of fo- be a bit, bit more focused and, and, and looking, looking at exactly what we're doing. Um, but yeah, the, the, the basic idea though is it's got to be as much fun as possible. Yeah. I mean, how fun can you make citation and referencing? It, it can be that way, but, yes. uh, you know, it, it yes. can be a little challenging. So, exactly. uh, first of all, I'm going to start by asking, how are you doing? How are how are things where you're at? Just generally in life or work-wise? Whatever. Whatever you feel your answer should be. Um, we're good, actually. Well, life, life-wise, we're doing well. My partner, Carl, who's South African and came to Australia with me, has managed to snaffle a very good private language, a private school job. He's a primary school teacher and teaches year three. So I don't know what that is in American terminology. It's probably uh, elementary school, I guess. It's um, elementary school. Um, I think it might be fourth eight. grade. Yeah, they're eight, grade, eight, eight grade. year olds. 
second grade, somewhere around there. And I knew Carl yeah. would land on his feet. I knew he'd end up with some. Oh, didn't, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Kids. He's a, he's a he's another yeah he's another fun in the classroom theory person. Um, yeah. So thankfully, Carl has managed to to snapple a pretty good full time gig doing that. Um, and unfortunately for me, though, work wise, having come back to Australia just under twelve months ago now. I came back to full-time work in ESL, working for a school called ILSC. And I managed to get as much work as I wanted, actually. I, I was on full-time and even double shifts initially. Uh, there was a lot of work, a lot of students in the country, foreign students. Sure. Um, from Colombia, a lot of South American students in our particular school. And I've been very lucky that that work has continued mostly up until approximately four weeks ago when it has now dried up completely. It's gone from double shifts to full time to three days a week to two days a week to alternating two day, three day to uh, John, can you just be doing uh, relief work where possible down to I'm doing four hours a week of online writing tutorial work for wow. students all, all over the world, though, like uh, students at yeah. all of the campuses of the school. Uh, sure. Vancouver and Toronto and Sydney and Melbourne, and they can jump into these work, uh, writing workshops, sort of academic right. writing workshops. So yeah. I've dwindled right down to that. So I'm, mentally and physically, I'm fantastic and loving being home, but work-wise, the ESL industry in Australia has taken a huge hit, huge hit. So that... So first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that because yeah, I know that that really stinks. And I, I know that people who will be listening to this, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to be able to relate to that situation. I find that really interesting in a way because Australia has, you know, certainly from the perspective of the United States and I think other countries, Australia has done such a great job handling the coronavirus pandemic and um it's also summertime there or at least it's, it's yes. getting into summertime there so as we yes, know so in the elt industry that is usually your prime time that's the the super busy season so to yes. hear that the hours have gone down to such a small amount that is yes that's that's a lot to take. Oh, but like, Mel, wow. Mel, Mel, yeah. that's, Mel, that's the tip of the iceberg, though. I mean, I, I can get even scarier. Like the school that I used to work for before I moved to the UAE, which was an established school, very well known, called Sydney English Language Centre. They have been around in the Sydney landscape of ESL for 35 years, and they went belly up about six weeks ago. Yeah. They've yeah. gone. Oh they've, they've gone. They're gone. And all those fabulous teachers that I worked with, about 20 of them, have all lost their jobs. There is, and, and, and the problem, the sad thing is, there is nowhere for them to go right. to get work right. because there's no work. You know, it, 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 yeah. it, the schools that are surviving are the ones that have got, um, actually, the ones that are surviving the best are using a system in Australia called JobKeeper. That's our government um, our government-sponsored sort of like a coronavirus pay package. If you were a casual or a full-timer at any anywhere for more than, I think it was 12 months up until I hasten to, oh, I don't know, 1st of March or something, I think it was, 
mm-hmm. you were elig- eligible for a welfare payment of mm. quite a lot, actually $750 a week, I think. So a lot of the schools that have, have, have survived are the ones where the casual workers were all eligible for this JobKeeper program. I wasn't, unfortunately, because I came back from the UAE too late. Uh, <laughs> um, by, by about a month, unfortunately. <laughs> but, always um, the way. That's always uh, the way. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because luckily, like I said, I've managed to to get enough work to to you know see myself through and have savings. I'm very uh, Carl and I are very lucky that we came back from the UAE with savings and with um with a buffer. Um, yeah. but yeah, so the, the schools that have survived in Australia are the ones that have been able to take advantage of this JobKeeper program, the government government mm. sanctioned program. John, the, the but, work that you were doing yes. when you were uh, working full time, yes, um, was that mostly online teaching, or were you still in the classroom for quite a while after the pandemic sort of got, hot, you know, blew up? We were in the classroom face to face. From I started working pretty much as soon as I got back, which was the thirty first of December last year. So I started working on the sixth of January, a week later. Um, that was all face to face, and we were all face to face, face to face, face to face, right up. And then, then there was talk of we're going to have to go online, guys. We're going to have to go online, guys. And we didn't know what was going to happen until about March the the fourteenth rings a bell, actually, where it was actually the government that said that's it, all schools are closed, all businesses are closed, everybody go home, and we moved to the Zoom platform, and we um, we taught. Uh, very quickly learned our <laughs> our online teaching skills. Thankfully, I'd done I had done a little tiny bit before, not much. I was pretty nervous. I tell you, if, if Carl, who was over my shoulder here having a baked potato, um, <laughs> uh, he could tell you that that first two weeks for me was just horrible. Actually, I was yeah. really stressed out, and I was so- really just clambering about trying to work out how to teach online. But very quickly went from oh God, what am I doing to, oh, oh gee, I can do this and I can do that. So uh, the transition, it was a tough transition, but I tell you what, after I did it for four months, I stayed online then for four months solid. um, And in some respects really came to love online teaching. In fact, it's got real advantages. Obviously face-to-face and and online are very different, but I, I really warm to it, truthfully. I warm to it a lot. So you've kind of led right into a question I had for you because, you know, you are a teacher who has um, a lot of experience. How long have you been teaching? 22 years. 22 years. So that's a long time. And I... It's a long time. I would suspect that prior to this, like, quick switch to online teaching, you felt pretty confident and competent in your skills. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, without without blowing my own trumpet, you know, once you've taught, <laughs> once you've taught, um, oh, I don't know, ba- basic general English, you've taught EAP, low levels and high levels, you've taught masters, uh, helping people write their masters in English. I've done business classes. I've I've done I've taught the gamut, all of it in 22 years. I I don't think there's anything apart from perhaps very young kids. I haven't done a lot of mm-hmm. like child uh, ESL, but you well, know, teenagers. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> screaming at me in many languages. You're stare at a two-year-old and say, "Test the ball. The ball is here. Yeah, yeah. Where is the yeah, ball? Throw the ball. Ball. B a l. 
Major <laughs> exactly. shout out to anyone listening to this who has to do this because oh yeah, look, I don't hey. know how I'd manage it. <laughs> no, I, it's the it's the one ESL skill that I haven't honed because I see other people doing it and say that's not for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, want, I, I don't want to teach a three year old. <laughs> I think I, I I could probably do four, maybe five, uh, but like toddler is is a little. But yeah. it, it's it's out there. It's out there if you want to do it. If you want. Yeah. To hey. Do it. Good. Hey. Look. I, ball, I. Look at this funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All kudos to, you know, early childhood teachers generally, but early childhood ESL teachers particularly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good Shout on you. Out. Good on you, guys. Yeah, well yeah. done. <laughs> um, but, I, but, yeah, so I, to, to answer the question, I guess, yeah, I was, I, I'm very, I'm a very confident teacher and competent and all those things, but that, that very quick move to online where it was fully online. Like it was like, okay, we're teaching our, all of our classes online and you'll be at, you know, 1130 in the morning, you'll be on. And, and, and it was just such a deep end experience, you know, in the deep end experience. And I think a lot of veteran teachers, experienced teachers really struggled with that. Like we all kind of went from feeling like, yeah, I know what I'm doing to kind of feeling like a complete newbie again and then yeah, there's yeah. so much more to learn so yeah it sounds like that was a, a little bit of a struggle for you how did you come out of it really like i said i bounced out of it really well um yeah very humbling actually a very very humbling experience in some respects and it was kind of a it was it was it was actually good. I, th I think it was good to be humbled in a weird way because you'd become a little cocky and say, yeah, I can do anything. Oh, hang on a second. Can I actually manage a classroom where everybody's sitting at home in their bedrooms or their kitchens and you can't hear properly? And, you know, it, it, all of those mechanics of the classroom yeah. were really, really hard. All the classroom management became, what? This isn't a classroom. I'm not managing a classroom. I'm managing technology, you know? I'm managing... Yeah microphones <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but uh, I think I came out of it a better teacher and as I said before I would have no qualms about going online again now I, I mean in fact I am like I said before I'm now doing online academic writing workshops and they're really I'm really comfortable with them I bought a little um a little kind of a, a draw pad a drawing pad that I can write on the screen nice. and turn nice. the screen into a whiteboard which I just find fabulous it's, it's been my it was really such a cool gadget to own and because I use it all the time because you can just treat it like a whiteboard because I, cool. I quite like the whiteboard yeah circling yeah. things you know and saying that's a verb that's a noun and look how that and yeah. arrows saying how how this matches to this and it's it, I can still treat the the white the, the sorry the computer screen like a whiteboard which I, I find really empowering actually what is the tool Oh, gee, ask. that's a question. Um, it is a well, it is a well-known, reputable brand that the, the name of which escapes me. It's it's just like a it's a black pad. It's actually designed mostly for for artists and and drawers. It's a very, it's not an apple. It's not the apple a pen. It's it's a it's a stylus. Uh, so it's, it's a like stylus. A, tablet, a stylus. 
Absolutely. It's a tablet with a stylus and it is a well-known brand. It was on special at uh, one of our electronic stores in Sydney because everybody was buying. They said, hey, buy all these guys. So I grabbed one of those and, uh, and I never look, I will never look back actually if I, if I stay online or decide to move on to online teaching. That's mm-hmm. now absolutely the, the, the best uh, arrow in my quiver. Is that right? Yeah, that's the one. It, it's fabulous. I love it. I really use it all the time. And, if, and in fact, I will defer to, um, to apps that allow you to write on the page. Like, for example, oh. uh, well, Zoom, for one thing, has that capability to, to, to write. But also yeah. uh, micro, Microsoft Word these days has incorporated a draw function on its on its pages, which I didn't know yeah. about. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I can use Microsoft Word and open a white page and draw yeah. all over it. And, it. and it remembers it like a Word doc. So you can send yeah. those, you can send your, 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 your whiteboard scribbles to your students at the end of the class and all of the notes that, that you've scribbled down for them become part of their, of their um, into, into their files and they can refer back to them. It's great. That's pretty great. That's pretty yeah, great. it's handy. Which do you think you prefer? Do you prefer face-to-face or do you prefer online teaching now? Oh, you know me, Mel. I'm pretty face-to-face kind of guy. I like the, I like, I do like the, the, the well, the, the instant banter and also the, the yes. out of the corner of your, the corner of your eye teaching, you know, when you, you're working yes. with this pair or this small group and you're just, you're listening to them, but at the same time you can hear the other group doing what they want to do and you suddenly go, oh, hang on a second, every single group in my class is struggling with one aspect of this task. Right. And so you can yeah. you can go, okay, guys, 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 stop, everybody stop, you know, everyone, nobody understands this part of the writing task or nobody understands what an auxiliary verb is. So let's do this quickly exactly. and you can do those, those mini grammar lessons or those, yeah. those checks are much easier in a face-to-face classroom. Because like Zoom, for example, you're sending everybody off into their breakouts and you can't exactly. really monitor very well. But... Having said that, the, a lot of students love the, the the online breakouts that Zoom has and and the privacy it provides them. And um, the shy students like being in just a little private room with just one or two other yeah. people, and they break break yeah. out of their shells. I'd like Zoom to introduce a secret teacher technique where you can. I just... was just thinking that <laughs> they need a secret teacher monitoring, but. You know, the awkward, like I teach, I teach university students, so I know they're going to get off topic and they're going to talk about things that maybe I don't want to know about. And they could definitely be talking about me. Although usually if I go (laughs) in and they're talking about me, it's what does she want us to do? Like, I find that what I hear, but I agree with you. And the thing is like, if you try and monitor your breakout rooms, you can do it. Of course you can do it, but you can't do it unobtrusively. Like it, it's yes. much harder. They will notice that you're there. As soon as you're yes. there, they're like, oh, hi, teacher. Hi, professor, whatever. And yeah, exactly. Sort of, you exactly. can't just sort of glance over, which is yeah. definitely an advantage. I, I would like, I've actually, I actually wrote to customer service at Zoom and requested this ability to actually be able to, from a teacher's perspective, to be able to pop to have all of your breakout rooms on the screen simultaneously. Yes. Um, yes. You know, you don't, and like you said, it's unobtrusive. You don't want to be in there, but you want to be able to listen to everybody at the same time, like you do right. in a classroom. And I think teachers are very good at, 
at d discreetly hearing one person in a class of 20, for example. You do, we're very good at that. We, it's a skill we, yeah. we, we develop, I, I believe. And I'd like to have that skill, even when they're in their little private space. I like the idea of being able to monitor and just jump in and say, hey, just check this or fix this or, or pronounce this slightly different. You're constantly getting that vowel sound right, uh, wrong. So try this, you know, and it's that kind of ability in a face-to-face -face classroom that I really like, I prefer face-to-face -face for many things, yeah? Yeah. But, um, I mean, but, but having said that, that online... Sorry, sorry, get, uh, go ahead, Amy. Oh, no, what I was going to say is I, th I think that's such a great idea in terms of innovating um, the application. And I could see it really having a lot of benefit for businesses, too. You know, sometimes you yeah. are doing large meetings or, or uh, workshops and um, you might be leading it, but you kind of need to keep track of what people are doing to make sure that they're like, like with a classroom following the exercise. Absolutely. Like, that's cool. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. I mean, I guess. Them. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I guess there's also other people out there, who out there who would say, oh, that's a bit of an invasion of privacy. I don't know that I'm being listened to. I've been told that I'm in a private little breakout yeah. room and, and, and you're actually listening to me. But I guess that from a teacher's perspective, they could have Zoom teach or something where you tell your participants beforehand, mm -hmm. look, I'm going to send you to your breakout rooms. But remember that I can I can hear you if I, I can choose to listen. I'm just making sure that you're doing things right. And it's a much more, you know. A pastoral pastoral approach to it yeah. you know that you, you really want to you want to listen and, and make sure that they're doing things the right way mm -hmm. so um yeah zoom teach that's what we want man zoom teach cool. i'm sure they're on it i mean it's very clear oh, i'm sure that, that, yeah. <laughs> it was not originally made for slapdash oh my god everybody has to get online within a week teaching yeah yeah what occurred um yeah. i want to ask you too and you obviously you touched a little bit on this but you know, we've been through a lot. We're kind of near the end of 2020. I want to ask you, where are you now? That's kind of my first question. And then I, mm -hmm. uh, well, I'll, I'll hold it for now. <laughs> That's so start um, there. Okay, where are we now? Like, where, where am I bouncing off sort of what we were talking about with regards to me and Carl and our personal position and then professionally me now down to those four hours. Th those four hours are likely to dry up completely um which is a bit of a shame i don't know i mean i thought they were gone last month but the student feedback was really positive and so they've got me still doing it so that might just be my little drip feed you know four hours a week for the next couple of months but from australia's perspective the way i see the esl industry here is we are yet to see rock bottom unfortunately oh my gosh um, yeah, I think that there will there will continue to be uh, well, well, basically because Mel, there are no foreign students coming into the country, or very, right, very, very right. few. Right, right. They can't they can't yeah. get in. I, I mean, I did. They're hear, not allowed in. Yeah, I heard this week. I think some students, some foreign students, were allowed into Australia, if I recall correctly, but a very yeah. tiny amount, and certainly yeah. not. Um, we're running two the, two pilot programs, basically. There's um. There's Charles Darwin University in the Northern Territory. So Darwin up in the Northern part of the country uh -huh. has just allowed 68 students in on a pilot program. Okay. Um, and that's funded by CDU. Uh, they're actually paying for quarantine at a, a, a sort of a, a quarantine station that we've been using as a nation to allow Australians to come home from overseas. So right. they, we fly them right. into, into Darwin and they do their two weeks in this. It's a big, um, it's an ex mining camp or something. And it's been, it's been, uh, repurposed as a quarantine facility 
Um, so those students are coming in there. And there's another group, I think, came into Adelaide in South Australia a little while ago. Okay. That was another pilot program. But really, 68 students here and 68 students there is not going to cut it in terms no, of tiny. What, it, what is Australia's, some people say third, other people say fourth biggest industry, which is language, yeah, uh, sorry, wow. is education. Um, we need somehow to see very large numbers of students be permitted into the country, whether that's under their own, uh, of their own dime, or whether or not if there's some kind of government intervention where we can convince Australians to, um, the Australian people to spend three and a half thousand dollars per student to bring them into the country to help boost the $43 billion industry that it actually is. It's a really strange catch 22, you know? Yeah. Where really, my personal opinion as an Australian is that we should be spending $250 million to bring in 10,000 students. Yeah? Right. Like but it's, your perspective it's a good investment. Of course, but your perspective is obviously colored not only by your job, but also because you yourself have lived abroad. I really think that makes yes. a difference in terms yeah, of like, yeah. hey, should we spend this money on foreign students? You and I are all for it. <laughs> Let's yes. do it. Well, but yeah, I mean, it's also say, no way. It's also very much coloured by my politics as well. You know, I'm fairly left of centre, and I sort of say, well, gosh, well, this is crazy. You know, why are we not? You know, we'll spend money on every other thing, and then suddenly we right. want to spend, you know, 250 million or so to to make 43 billion. It just it it's a no brainer for me economically that we should, as a nation, yeah. say, yeah, come on, guys, come back. We're going to put you into quarantine for two, maybe three weeks just to make sure. And then these people bring their money with them and they also bring their enthusiasm and their cultures. And I, as a person, believe that that's something that the country should be investing in personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's yeah. why we went into this field, right? We, we well, it is. It is. But um, to extend the, the, the comment, uh, I don't see the Australian ESL industry coming back to normal in 2021. But by about June or July, I would imagine we'll start to see green shoots again. I, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would think yeah. so. And that's really interesting because, you know, obviously we have a similar situation here in the United States. Now here, that's not only because of coronavirus, but it's also because of the Trump administration making it much yes. harder for foreign students to come here. I am thinking, and of course I don't know this, that there's a lot of variables, but I suspect that by next summer, things are going to look radically different yes. um, in terms of how many students are here. And I think because that'll be your winter, yeah, you'll yes. probably be in green shoots territory at that point. Yeah. But um, I'm wondering, because you, as you said, are quite fortunate in that you're, you and Carl, you know, you had some savings, Carl is working. Yep. So, yep. so you're doing okay, even without government support. How are your colleagues yes. doing? Do you know how um, your colleagues in the industry are doing? Some of them have lost their work completely. Um, some have stepped out of teaching entirely and kind of said, okay, mm -hmm. well, our, ha our hand has been forced here. I know a couple who have now moved into sportswear manufacturing, which they wanted to do. Wow. They had planned to, to do it. And they're both, oh my God, they're fabulous people. They're Brazilian. They're actually originally Brazilians, but now they're Australian citizens who've, um, who are to teach English. Yeah. yeah. And then they, but they're also so fit and healthy and stuff. And they've just said, no, let's do it now. Now's the time we have to. So they've, yeah. so in some respects, there's been positive stories, you know, there's been yeah. really, uh, people have taken advantage of the situation. 
But um, I, yeah, I do know of people who I worked with, for example, in that school I mentioned before, the SELC, Sydney English Language Centre. Uh, I know a number of people who are not teaching at all because there's no teaching work who've had to go and do, um, there's a mate of mine who's polishing uh, cement floors. He's, he's, he's quickly got a licence to be a cement floor polisher. Um, wow. And he's doing that now. So it's completely unrelated to, to language teaching at all. Um, it can happen. Well, and, and here's the irony, is making more per hour. <laughs> so, of course. Of, of course, because yes. language teaching is the best paid job in the world. Yeah. Right, right, right. We have um, all got in it because we're money mad. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we all be, we're going to be millionaires, man, doing this job. But don't we get well, a lot of joy from it? Really, truly, we do. So. That's true. That's, that's very we get, true. We get, paid, we get paid in joy, man. Well, you know, the, the money does come in handy down here. <laughs> does, yes, <yeah. laughs> eating, is all, eating is also a very important thing, as is a nice cold beer at the end of each day. So <laughs> Exactly. And as I like to say, yeah. why not both? Why can't I have joy and a well Yeah. Like I could get really sad and upset about the fact that I do know a lot of people who have lost their jobs, like as, as ESL teachers and, and scrambling around trying to find work. However, having said that, I'll go back to the JobKeeper program that has, truthfully, I mean, I mean, I'm not a great lover of our current government, but they have actually economically done pretty well to keep people in jobs, even when there are no students around, you know? That's um, fantastic. Yeah, there's many, many thousands of ESL teachers in the country who are still working for companies that have very, very few students and they're designing, redesigning materials, for example, and, oh, and doing fun. other things. Yeah, which is kind of getting them ready for when, when the students come back. So I, I do know a lot of people who've been fortunate enough to be eligible for JobKeeper, but I sadly also know a lot of people who've been unfortunate enough to not be and then yeah. you know, uh, falling through the cracks in, in, in the system. But... Um, it's been a mixed bag here in Oz, very mixed yeah. bag. And I, I think the coronavirus in many ways, there are kind of winners and losers all over the place, even in industries yes. like ELT that have been absolutely yeah. decimated um, yes. by the coronavirus. I wonder, John, how you think the industry will be different once you know, we can kind of travel much more freely. I mean, I think we're always going to have tourist students which is yes. essentially what all of the students who come to Australia, all of the students who go to the UK and, and the US and Canada um, and other English speaking destinations are. They want yes. that experience of immersing yes. themselves in a the culture. I think we're always going to have exactly. some of them. But yes. at the same time, this door has been opened where yeah. you can be in Colombia or be uh, in China or yeah. Indonesia and have. Mm. Uh, a, a teacher who is actually in that country and can still share a lot of that culture with you. Absolutely. How do you think the industry will be different? It's a really good question. I think it's the question on everybody's lips, funnily enough, because it, it and, and for lots of industries, but ours in particular, look, I think everyone's saying, oh, it's going to change fundamentally and blah, blah, blah. I don't think so. I actually mm. think it's going to be augmented. I think what is yeah. going to happen to our industry is that it's going to have a new and really fantastic feather in its bow you know like uh, in its cap so <laughs> now I'm getting my now I'm getting my <laughs> my feathers and my quivers and my arrows confused uh, a feather is going to be a feather in our cap in that like for example feather in your the school, quiver. 
a feather in my quiver. There's a feather in my quiver. Um, he has a real feather in his quiver, that guy. I've always thought that. that. For, for example, this school that I work at at the moment, to try and um, not just stay afloat, but to try and take advantage of the opportunity, is offering students in, say, Colombia, because that's a lot. we have a lot of students from Colombia, hmm. um, reduced rates online for three months, and they're basically saying, hey, don't, don't put off your English language learning. Do three months from Bogota, and you'll have the same teachers and the same basic textbooks and the way the great teachers and the great way that we teach. And then when it's time to come to Australia or Toronto or Vancouver, come and just pick up exactly where you left off and do it face to face. So there's a there's a marketing possibility there for yeah. la larger schools like the one I'm working for yeah. to sort of like extend the teaching possibilities to from online and then segueing into face to face. So I think that that might become a new marketing strategy for bigger schools around yeah. the world. But look, I don't, it's a funny one though, you know, because I certainly think that there's going to be a weird, a weird kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Look, I, I think there'll be a lot of students in parts of South America, for example, who will look at what's happened in the last, say, six to 12 months with this coronavirus, and they'll look at countries that, and the way, and what they have done, and the way they have treated their foreign students. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And How I think that? there'll be, oh, <laughs> look, and but see, Australia, Australia did a weird thing at the very beginning where Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, in as kind a of way as possible, said, go home. To lots of our foreign students like and, yeah. and the ESL industry went what are you doing this is right, ridiculous right, right, but he was yeah. basically saying he was trying to be kind and say look we don't know what is this is going to be we don't know how ugly this is going to get we don't know how uh, how uh, much of a pandemic this is going to be how virulent this virus is so look if you can get home to your own people your own families your friends and families and be at home do so because we can't promise that we can help you, you know? Mm. So that in the one breath, you can be very kind and say, well, he was just trying to be kind. But then there's the other voice, like again, left-wing John saying, we should have said, you guys are here. You're a member of our you know, global community and our family, stay, we will take care of you. And exactly. that's what we should have done. That's what yeah, we should I, have done. <laughs> I, well, I, I think I'm kind of like, if you, if you would feel better going home, we will yes. help you get there. If you want yes. to stay, we would be you would be very welcome to stay and we will support you. That's yes. That's what I think would be the best. Yes. Um, yes. But I, I agree with you, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, of but, course. But, but then but then but then Mel, you dive into you delve into cultural issues with, you know, right. notions of nationalism and patriotism and Australians should come first and why are we giving money to these foreigners who've sure, come here, absolutely. blah blah. So you, you yes. you're getting into ugly territory then. You're getting into you know racism and, and you know, endemic racism and, and, and issues in Australia that need to be dealt with <laughs> generally anyway. Um Look, the point I was going to make before is, though, that having dealt with the virus reasonably successfully, I think Australia might be at in a position where a lot of foreign students will now choose Australia again once the borders are open. Yeah. Because they'll say, wow, they did such a good job and not many people died and, and, and they really controlled things. 
I think I would like to choose Australia because a lot of the foreign students who come here ultimately look for permanent residency anyway. Yeah. It's one of, one yeah. of the features of our industry. And I guess, uh, and, and yeah. the United States and Canada as well, is that a lot of yeah. a lot of students want a better life for themselves and, and places like Australia and Canada and the States can offer that, you know? And quite frankly, I'm all for it. I have a theory, you know, there's a lot of complaints here by um, more right-wing individuals that um, yeah. open borders are a bad thing. Now, obviously, I'm not advocating for a total lack of, investigation of people you let into your country although yes. I'm not entirely not advocating that because I would say that people with the means already have open borders and if you don't realize yes. that you're a fool because yeah. I assure you if, if you are wealthy enough a border is not going to keep you out you're going to be no able to get in. no um, of course not no no way I mean, look so, at look at look at every country in the world, Australia included. Like ones that come to mind, like Portugal, Malaysia, Ecuador, have the gold have golden passport tickets. You know, like you want to be an Ecuadorian right. and you've got you know two hundred and fifty US two hundred fifty thousand US dollars, you can buy a passport. That's easy, right? You know, um, Portugal's the same, Malaysia's the same. You know, the, Australia's honestly, Australia is the same. If you've got money, you can and you invest it in inverted commas, in Australian businesses well, in and fact, invest. Yeah. yeah, invest. Of course you can become an Australian citizen in five milliseconds. You know, it's not hard. I mean, for example, the guy... I might be um, there you, soon. <laughs> Mel, you might, remember, you might remember a guy named Christian uh, Chamorro Courtland who used to work at ZU. He was in the School of Business. Um, I don't know if you ever properly met him, but he's actually over my shoulder as well. He's in Australia oh. at the moment. And he, because he is an academic in business with X amount of money and blah, 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 he got his permanent residency in three months. Wow. That's amazing. Now that's ridiculous. Carl is on the list for permanent residency, but we're thinking it could be three to four years. So look, really, yeah. it's not about, it's really not about, like you said, that there are no borders if you are the right person, you know? If you're the right person. So well said. And that's so... Mm frequently the way with with English language teaching. I mean, this whole issue of nationalism and racism and, and all yeah. this stuff is always either right below the surface or sometimes right on the surface. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, yeah. it's just really there. Um, oh, it is. And yeah, in, and, and here in Australia as well, like, I mean, I guess a lot of people who know of Australia, not of, know Australia or have been here or, or hear stories like, as an Australian, I mean, I know I know the the deep, the dark underbelly of us. You know, we we seem like such a welcoming lot of people, and we and we are. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, th I think Australia is a great country, and I love it deeply. But we do have problems with racism here. It's that it's that, it's that simple. It's an issue here. You know, it's just part of who we are. And but but I love the fact that we do try to grapple with it. You know, we do. I mean, even from the left and the right, everybody has an opinion. And and, and I think it's important that some, Australia is trying hard to move forward and deal with it in, in as best a way it possibly can, it's, which also you know, drips into the ESL thing with regards to foreign students coming here to learn. There's an open discussion about how many foreign students should we allow. Yeah into the country and therefore how many of those foreign students are, are then permitted to become permanent residents and what right. benefit do they bring to the country and blah, 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 blah. You know, so not, it's, it's the great argument of, 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 of immigration, really. 
Well, and also because as we know, international students bring such a tremendous financial benefit. Absolutely. Um, so I, I was actually having a conversation with a student that I teach who's in China, who's interested in uh, studying in the United States and, yeah. or at least studying in, in any English speaking country, doing a master's degree. And I said, well, you know what, actually, this probably is the best time you could possibly think of to apply because <laughs> people are going to be desperate for you when they are allowed to take those students in, which means yeah. that there could be quite a few benefits, quite a few advantages um, that have previously been taken away. Like uh, Australia yeah. is an interesting example. I know in the mid 2000s, they greatly restricted um, English language learners in Australia. It all had to be walked back or walked back. And, and similarly in the US, of course, we've made it very unwelcoming for English mm. language learners within the past, coincidentally enough, four years. Uh, <laughs> and I suspect we will be walking a lot of that back uh, because yes. those students actually do bring an enormous benefit, not just yeah. to the economy, although they do, but as, as you and I have discussed, they, they bring a huge benefit to the country itself in terms of oh, culture, absolutely. in terms of their perspective um, yeah. and their language. So I say if yeah. you're a, a language learner and you're listening to this, Come on <laughs> over. We'll teach. Yeah, I'd, I'd see, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, like a, a good example of that would be from the time that I went to the United Arab Emirates, which was 2012. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I lived in Japan for eight years, came back to Australia for five, and then I went to the UAE in 2012. In that period of time, the number of South American Spanish-speaking students, like the Brazilian students were coming like around about 2007, 2008, there was like a bit of a real influx of Brazilian students into Australia around about the time of the recession, the, the, big, the big global financial crisis that happened. We got a lot of um, Brazilian students coming and Spanish actually. But then when I went away and then I came back, the number of South Americans living in Australia now is wonderful. There's so many yeah. Colombians and Peruvians and, and yeah. Ecuadorians and Mexicans, and they've brought their food. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, restaur the restaurant scene is, has just gone fantastic. And Spanish yeah. is much – I hear so much more Spanish now here in Australia than I did just 10 years ago. And I just think that's – it can't be a bad thing, you know. It's, it's, it's wonderful to have more cultures and more choices and more languages and more, more. Give us more, more. More, more, more. I, I, more, I more, like, more. <laughs> I feel like that is uh, maybe a great spot to end. Um, we <laughs> yes, are okay. just about to wrap up, but do you have any final thoughts for us? Oh, gee, I don't know, guys. Um, well, first of all, thank you for letting me waffle on because, as we well know, I do like a waffle. It's a delight to waffle. So do I. Um, I suppose my final thoughts would be that I don't see it as all doom and gloom. I really don't. I, yeah, I, I, I see great things. I do see great things ahead. Like I said, I think online teaching will augment what we do as, as educators in the, in the classroom. I think it's a great tool. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of okay, even ESL, for you and for, for Australia, I think that, um, you know, as things start to change for the better, I think that we'll, we'll, we'll see good times ahead. Maybe not, not till mid-end of 2021. And I, sadly, there's many months of, of struggle for many people still ahead. But I don't think, I think it will bounce back. Seriously, I really do think it's I all going to bounce back. 
Yeah. I do too. I my yeah. prediction. I'm making it now, December eighth, twenty twenty. I predict <laughs> summer twenty twenty one in the U S. for English language learners. It's going to be insane. There's going to be tons of them. That's that's what I think. So. Oh, me too. We'll me too. I'm seriously. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. well hey, look, let's cross our fingers for all of us. Seriously, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's just a matter of time. You know, the vaccines are here, and I think that 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 uh, the good times are ahead. Good times are coming. Good times are coming. I good love it. Good times are coming. Oh. More, 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 and good times mama. are coming. <laughs> Thank you okay. so much, John. It has been such a pleasure to talk with you and you are you know, very welcome Amy. about, you know, about Australia and especially your knowledge of the, the ESL industry in Australia was, was so interesting. So thank you cool. so much. No, for thank you. No, you're very, very welcome. And if, if you want to follow up at all, just let me know. And I'm, I'm right here. I'm only working four hours a week, so I'm right here. <laughs> Great. Bye-bye. Let's keep in touch.